Welcome to Hubbub, the people's podcast, where we engage our citizens and investors with the activities of the Planning and Code Administration and encourage everyone to contribute to Hagerstown's growth. Well, welcome to the Hubbub podcast. We appreciate all of you tuning in for our uh, 24th episode. We made it. Yeah, a milestone, huh? Two years. Can you believe it? I know I've been saying this like every episode, but we 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 did it. Yeah. We uh swindled our way through here. We fooled everybody and we made it two years. I don't yeah. know how they kept us. <laughs> I think they're paying us good. But anyway, I remember talking about how, you know, how are we gonna come up with this many topics? Right. Mm-hmm. And we already I think we're out another year with topics. Yeah, we got next year planned, so yeah. You know, got that to look forward to. Absolutely. But of course, I didn't really properly introduce you. You're Donnie Harkum. I'm Donnie Harkum, and this is my wonderful co-host now of two years, Mr. Sean Brown. How are you today? Yeah, I'm doing good. It's a beautiful day. It is beautiful outside. Not too stinking hot out yet, but uh, it's going to be a nice day. Absolutely. So today, um, it's not a topic that we haven't discussed already before. Uh, we did this topic last year, and this being June, uh, the month of June, National Safety Month, it's an appropriate topic to talk about safety in the home and for our families. Uh, you know, and I got to think about it. You know, of course, we've talked about this before, as I just mentioned, but let me ask you something, Donnie. Uh, before we had talked about safety in the home and families and things, had you really given it much thought? Um, not as much as after we prepared for these podcasts, and especially after my son was born, you look at safety in an entirely different way and through a different perspective, that's for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. When my boys came, I was like, yeah, I totally looked at, you know, you looked at the home totally. You just, everything you did, they were automatically in your mind. Right, yeah, because, you know, we've been around a while. We kind of know the dangers or the potential dangers at a house, you know. Whereas a kid, you know, they're learning their uh, their home as they grow. So, as a parent, you kind of have to watch out for those safety um, safety concerns throughout the house. A- absolutely, and we're talking about this today because it's a little bit of an irony in the fact that safety oftentimes isn't really considered in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything we do, and as we're going to talk about, there are so many things in the home that really should include safety. Yet in many cases, when do we think about it? Well, it's all after the accident happens, right? right? Yeah. At the same time, when you think about safety, what is it really? It's really the value you put on life. Hmm. That's a good way of putting that. Never thought of it that way. Yeah. So, you know, nobody would admit, no, I don't care about my family or care about their safety. But at the same time, how we look at safety in the home is a measure Right, no. And so it's just a mindset. So hopefully, again, doing this podcast, um, safety in the home and our family and just a lot of things that we can do, perhaps will change our perspective and we'll look at our, our homes and our families differently than perhaps we did before. And uh, what's interesting is, uh, just related to children as an example, uh, according to Safe Kids Worldwide a website, it mentioned that 2,200 children die each year from an injury in the home, and three and a half million children go to the emergency department for the kinds of injuries that commonly happen in homes. So, when you just consider that statistic alone and related to children, nobody wants that to happen, yet it happens so much. 
So again, that's why we're talking about this topic this month, uh, highlighting uh, National Safety Month, because uh, each year the National Safety Council promotes this as an initiative to, that focuses on heightening awareness of important safety issues. Of course, again, will be the focus of our podcast. So we're just going to provide so many uh, tips on how to be safe in our home. Back in episode 17, we talked about energy-saving tips. And again, a lot of things that we're talking about today go hand-in-hand hand with other episodes that we've done in the past. So it's going to be a lot of helpful information that's going to help us to be safer in our home. And we might even think, well, just kind of on the top of our head, that our home is safe. We just assume that. Because if it wasn't, we would make changes. We would do things differently. So we assume our home is safe right now. But perhaps, again, as we consider this podcast, uh, we're going to think about our own home. We're going to think, of, oh, yeah, that's a risk. That's an unsafe situation. And things that maybe you really didn't think about before, but now, yeah, I need to make a change. Well, that's some really good points there. And, you know, like you said, we've touched on so many of these issues in the past um, because that is at the core of what we do every day. You know, safety is in the forefront of our minds. So um, I'm really excited for this um, this topic. And it, I know we talked about kids a lot and, you know, a lot of our tips will deal with kids, but it's just not for kids. So this is these are tips for everybody. Um, so some of the first ones that I want to dive into here are um, some home safety tips that you can practice every day. Um, so bathtubs, they present two dangers, um, falling and drownings. And, you know, one can lead to the other. You know, you never want to leave a child alone in a tub. And um, to ward off any falls, you want to, to install a non-slip uh, bath mat. Um, you never want to leave your kitchen or house when something is cooking. Um, you know, uh, you don't want to be making that pizza and step out for a bit and then all of a sudden uh, the security company is calling you because you set off all the smoke alarms. That may or may not have just happened at my house. So uh, we didn't step out, but... Uh... <laughs> no, no, that's the reality. My next door neighbor where I used to live in Virginia, uh, next thing we know, I hear him screaming and hollering. The fire trucks are rolling up. Smoke's rolling out of the house. That's exactly what happened. One of the young girls was frying chicken on the stove, mm. left, and just that quick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we had something sitting um, at the bottom of our uh, oven, and uh, we opened up the oven, and smoke came out, and had the security company calling us, and that, that was not fun. But everything was good. But I can only imagine what it would have been like if you know nobody was home or you stepped out for a bit and forgot about it. So yeah. something to keep, keep in mind. Um, you want to keep all your staircases uh, clear of uh, clutter. Uh, make sure carpet or runners are securely tacked down. You want to make the proper repairs to handrails and guardrails. You want to make sure you're cleaning the lint traps after every use and clean the dryer vent at least once every year. Uh, closed dryers are a leading cause of fires in a home. Um, just me and my wife, we, we never leave the dryer running um, when we leave. That's one thing I'm kind of... Uh, worried about so it's just tip of mind um, you want to secure all the rugs to the uh, floor to avoid any slipping and uh, this might sound out of place but it's a very important safety measure you want to lock down your Wi-Fi network you know this is a um, doorway to your personal and financial information um, there are I just got a new Wi-Fi system at my house and um, there's some really simple but effective ways to uh, protect your um, online use. So if you haven't updated your uh, network in a while, 
take a look at it and see what you could improve. Yeah. And, and these, like you just mentioned, and things we're going to talk about, we're talking about very, very simple actions to keep our home safe. Uh, it's just perhaps having a checklist, and if you go online, there are a lot of just really nice, simple checklists that you can do just to do on a regular basis that just can really help keep the family safe, really simple, relatively speaking. So, so for example, one of the things that's uh, really important to do that doesn't take much on a monthly basis is to test our smoke alarms each month. Uh, that can seem like a no-brainer, but the evidence is, is that many people do not because approximately 25% of fires in the United States do not have a working smoke alarm. So once a month, all you got to do is hit a button, you know, test it to make sure that it's working. But what's interesting as well is that when you look further into statistics of those homes that have no working smoke alarms, three out of five home fires with no working smoke alarm resulted in death. So we're talking about something very catastrophic happening, but could have very easily been preventable. And we went into a lot of detail uh, on smoke alarms way back in episode two. Wow. So yeah, that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, how can you be safer in your home with this monthly test? Well, again, press the button on each smoke alarm in your home to see that it's working properly. And don't forget, every 10 years, you should uh, replace your smoke alarm. Uh, nowadays, the current code requires a 10-year lithium uh, battery. They're good for 10 years. Chances are, if there's no date, which you should check on that uh, alarm, then it probably is well out of date and you'll want to replace that. So to test these smoke alarms, all I have to do is hit a button. I don't have to burn the food every night. Because <laughs> they are sure are working lately, so that's good to know. Um, along those same lines, you want to make sure you're cleaning your smoke alarms. Uh, smoke and carbon monoxide alarms, uh, they could develop dust after a while, uh, keeping them from identifying threats in your home uh, when they are most needed. You know, clean the, the grills uh, while you're testing each uh, unit uh, by dusting them. Don't spray cleaners on them. Just use a little dust rag um, to clean them off. Yeah, in addition to that, when it comes to cleaning, another thing that's big is, you know, filters. You think about filters, we have some type of filter, or multiple filters throughout the home. Uh, the thing about these filters is that uh, when they accumulate dust, they become very, very flammable. Uh, there's videos, you can go on YouTube and watch these videos about how, you know, you can just see how quickly these things just go up and fire if they ignite. And not to mention, it just also helps you improve the efficiency of your appliance, whether it's your refrigerator or HVAC system or whatever. If you keep those filters clean, then uh, it saves on your energy bill as well. Uh, That includes window air conditioners. Uh, Oftentimes they have reusable air filters and they should be cleaned regularly. And it's just simply by cleaning many of them with soap and water unless you have to replace them. Same thing with our furnace and HVAC equipment. Uh, They should be replaced regularly. Again, uh, they reduce the risk and help things run more efficiently. That includes even air purifiers. So a lot of these things not only are are a safe measure, but uh, they can also affect your pocketbook too. Oh, no doubt. Uh, We can talk about this more offline, but do you use an air purifier at your house? I do not. No, I, I don't either. And the, my allergies, our whole house allergies have been so bad this year. Mm. So I'm 
kind of looking into those to see maybe it's something to use in the future. Didn't know if you had any experience with it. So. Nope. Okay. Good to know. Um, so still along there with uh, fire safety, uh, make sure you're reviewing your fire extinguishers. You want to make sure the fire extinguishers in the home are checked every month. Uh, make sure they are filled correctly. You know, look at the gauge on the extinguisher uh, to see if they are charged properly. Uh, you might have to replace an extinguisher if it does not have a full charge. Um, make sure you get a licensed professional to look at them. Um, and if you have a fire extinguisher that is not properly charged, um, it's just good to have that professional. Take a look at it because not everybody is so well versed in how to do that. Absolutely. Uh, here's another thing to look at and oftentimes we don't look at it until we're forced to and that is our panel boxes when it comes to those breakers and things. Uh, probably the only time we ever look at that thing is if we trip a breaker. Mm -hmm. But if the breaker's tripping, that indicates that maybe something is wrong. So it's really a good idea from time to time to just kind of take a visual look at our breaker boxes and what are we looking for? Well, we're looking for uh, maybe just uh, just touching the, each one of the breakers to make sure that it's not getting too warm. Uh, it shouldn't be doing that. And if it's tripping, it might be getting warm, then that tells you that there's some type of, of electrical problem. And, you know, certainly sometimes people's experience levels may be limited with that. But if you've got a problem with things continue to, to trip on, as far as the panel box, Certainly, you want to get a licensed electrician. And, and one thing that is helpful uh, for the citizens in our community is right on our website. We have a list of licensed electricians. Uh, we've talked about in this past, we can't refer anybody, um, but you can go on there and, and you can see, hey, who's legally licensed to do work in the city of Hagerstown. And so certainly, just feel free to contact a professional uh, if you need to do that. Last time I called an electrician, he went up to my breaker box and said, why are you tripping? No? All right, I thought I'd throw that one in. Kind of like now? Yeah. Uh. Anyways, so moving on. Um, you want to make sure you're replacing any uh, burned out light bulbs. Um, I currently have a flickering one in my bathroom that I need to replace. Uh, my wife keeps reminding me and I keep forgetting. So um, make sure you're going to each room, uh, turning on the lights, uh, see if you have any burned out bulbs uh, that need replaced. Um, and make sure you're disposing of the old ones properly. Um, you wanna make sure the new bulbs that you're installing uh, have proper wattage for the light fixture. And uh, you know, lights that are burnt out can actually be a hazard. Interesting, yeah. Another thing too is uh, with our refrigerators. Again, something that could be a hazard, but if we didn't check it regularly, could create issue. Uh, refrigerators on the back Sometimes in cases, the whole back side are uh, coils. They're basically for cooling the refrigerator components. So it's good to check those from time to time. You've got this tight space between the back of your refrigerator and the wall. Not much air movement. You get lint buildup. That can create issue. It can uh, cause uh, potential overheating. And then, of course, you've got other issues as well. So it's good to check that from time to time. That is good to know. Um, you know, a lot of this has a lot to do with dust, you know, just because these things are constantly working and we don't give much thought to them. So this yeah. is just your reminder. Um, you wanna make sure you're dusting, you know, all your fixtures around the house. Uh, the light fixtures around your home can develop quite a good bit of dust. Uh, make sure these spots are cleaned out regularly so that they will not become fire hazards. Yes, even dust can become flammable. And you can do this while checking uh, for your burnt bulbs. 
And uh, this tip also includes uh, lamps and recessed lighting areas. Yeah, so good points as well. And uh, of course, a moment ago, we just talked about panel boxes, but related to the electrical system are just the wall outlets themselves. Um, especially in Hagerstown, what's uh, unique about Hagerstown is you have so many old structures and uh, they just didn't put as many uh, wall outlets in them as they, as they do now. So what tends to happen? Well, you may have one or two outlets in a room, two of course, hopefully as a minimum, but now you're tapping into two outlets to run a lot of different things. And that can be dangerous. So you want to make sure that you're not overloading an outlet. Um, just because you can plug a number of things into an outlet using a strip doesn't mean it's capable for handling that load. And the danger part is, is that could be a significant fire hazard. And so what's a good idea to do? Well, one thing you can do just simply is uh, feel the outlet in the area. Is it warm? Well, if it's warm, then that probably tells you there's a pro potential problem there. Or if you see dark spots around the, the, the openings themselves, that means that there's probably some type of electrical arcing or things going on there. So again, if you see or feel that any of these issues are affecting you, uh, again, you want to contact a city licensed electrician just to take a look at those things. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit of time and a little bit of expense that could mean the difference between the, you know, the well-being of your family. Mm, good point. Um, something we normally don't think about as far as safety, um, but security of your home. You know, you want to make sure you're testing your home's uh, locks and doors. Uh, both the bolt locks and knob locks uh, should be tested to see if they are fully functional. Check to see how well your keys fit into each lock and you want to replace anything that's not working. I know some of these things we kind of put up with from time to time, but if it's that much of a hassle, just replace them. And uh, you want to make sure all you test all of the doors by opening and closing them. Look at uh, how well a door is hinged to a door frame, um, you know, just for fire safety issues too. Um, I know they were promoting the close before you doze uh, campaign uh, last year or two years ago. Um, so making sure your doors are closed uh, when you go to sleep because it will um, you know, save you, could save you in the event of a fire. So. Excellent. And, and yet another issue that um, kind of is in the realm of safety is when it comes to dealing with pests mm -hmm. and infestations. That can be difficult and that can create other problems, health issues. So it's good just to do kind of a visual as much as you can of your home, uh, both the interior and the exterior. You're looking around your foundation. You're looking at areas to see where, you know, insects or other pests might be able to get entry into the home. And so, again, this is one of those things, you know, sometimes you can handle it yourself, but it's something out of control or you're not able to kind of overcome. Why not contact a licensed exterminator uh, if you see signs of pest-related issues. Mm. How about cicadas? Do you have any cicadas at your house? No, no, I haven't heard any in my area. I don't either. I think we may have had one, but then I go 20 minutes down the road to my parents' house, and they're everywhere. It is insane. Talk yeah. about pests. I know they're not danger to you, but it, it's insane how many are out there in certain parts of uh, the area. Yeah. Um, to go along the same lines as uh, what you're saying with pests, I am not a fan of bees. Bees are my biggest fear. And so if I ever have to get rid of bees, I'm calling somebody. So <laughs> I'm not dealing with that. <laughs> um, and something that uh, could bring in more pests is uh, standing water. Um, I'm not sure if you uh, went to the training before, Sean, with mosquitoes. 
Um, but we learned a lot about how standing water can uh, be a home for mosquitoes. And not only that, but uh, you know, the, these stand, the standing water can develop anywhere. And this could be from a rainstorm where uh, water may, may have pooled in your yard. And each uh, yard's so different. You might have a spot that uh, pools up every single time you get a rain. Um, or if you have uh, different uh, yard features uh, throughout or different pieces of furniture that may be collecting uh, water, make sure you are uh, getting rid of that as soon as you can. Absolutely. And speaking of that, when we're thinking about the outside areas of the home, um, there are other areas that really relate to safety. In fact, uh, back in episode 16, it was a really good uh, program, a podcast that we did on SEPTED, which stands for Crime Prevention Through Environment Design. And basically what that is, is has to do with the landscaping and surroundings of your property. Uh, so, as an example, if I've got tall, large heads and they're blocking the whole front of my house, um, that creates a potential issue for uh, people who want to do harm. Because what better place to hide and do something to your house? Because nobody from the outside can see what's going on. Because your, your, your house is basically uh, fully blocked from the view of the street. So, uh, really, what that's uh, really suggesting is Take a look at your landscaping and how it's positioned, even surrounding trees. And sometimes because of the way that they're designed and the way that they're kept, could put your home and even your family at risk. So, you know, just make sure that, you know, all those things are designed in such a way that they don't obscure your property and allow uh, risks uh, and threats to your property. Uh, you know, shrubs are the main thing, but when we look at things such as trees, sometimes you get used to looking at your tree every day and you really don't notice anything different about it, but when you look up close to it, it looks like it could fall over at any moment. So, you know, make sure you look at those trees. One thing that can be helpful is if you keep your trees trimmed because you can get so many limbs on there that it, they're so heavy, they put stress on the tree, and then before you know it, the tree has fallen over because it's so weak. Uh, maybe standing well, in normal conditions, but a little wind comes up or a storm, and that's when you find out the trim was the tree wasn't in such good shape. So just those preventative measure, and uh, even when it comes to the, the again the shrubs and growth, sometimes these things because they're allowed to get out of control can even affect the integrity of the home's foundation. And again, because the way they're uh, designed maybe become spots that burglars or other criminals might use to gain entry into your home. So again, uh, we just covered a couple of points, but if you really like a comprehensive view of this SEPTED program, again, watch episode 16. Uh, a lot of good tips on how to protect your home. And then, you know, testing your windows as well. Um, again, we look at the inside, but doing a thorough inspection on the outside, how many of us go around our home and just look at the exterior of all of our windows. Well, that's a good idea uh, to make sure uh, because sometimes things that can affect the windows on the outside that may affect uh, the integrity of the window, making sure there's no cracks or broken areas, test the locks. Again, doing these checks just on a regular basis, even monthly, uh, it can be just a little bit of time that's well spent that can protect our family. And especially, again, we talk about children. Our children are so valuable to us. And, you know, sometimes 
because we have children like you, Donnie. I know that this is the case with you. When we have children, uh, we have other children over to our home. Mm -hmm. So our children may be familiar with our home and the safety aspects of it, but when those other children visit, are they safe as well? So just taking those steps to childproof our home, not only for ours, but other children as well. That's great points, and you're absolutely right. You know, right now, in our group of friends and family, my son is the youngest, but as he gets older, you know, more friends and family have younger kids, and, you know, it may be time to loosen some of those uh, safety measures that was once relevant for a toddler, but you also got to realize those other kids that be, could be coming over as well. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so speaking of kids, um, I'm going to give you a few more tips on uh, how to keep your children safe in your home. You want to make sure that uh, TVs are securely mounted on a wall if possible. Um, if not mounted on a wall, uh, you want to make sure the stand it is anchored or the stand is anchored to the wall. And kids like to climb. Um, I can attest to that. Uh, my son is just climbing everywhere, and it's just can't really leave him on his own right now because he is climbing everything he can find. Um, electrical plugs and power strips. Um, you want to make sure they have the proper uh, child protection in place. Uh, this can be those child-proof covers or tamper-resistant outlets. Um, power strips should be placed in an area where a child could not reach them. A window should have a guard or child protective device. Uh, many of the replacement windows um, have child protection devices on them to prevent a window from opening fully to allow a ch child to climb out the window. Um, and speaking of windows, you should have cordless blinds installed. Um, it's unfortunate that over 200 children have died since 1990 from getting their neck caught in a looped cord. Um, now I know uh, doing our inspections now, we see a lot less of those, which I'm very uh, thankful for. Um, and as with the TV stands, uh, dressers are to be secured to walls with anti-slip devices. Uh, nearly 15,000 kids visit the ER every year uh, for tip over related injuries. Uh, kitchens always present hazards uh, for children. Um, if possible, consider gating the kitchen to prevent um, entry into the area. Um, if gating is not possible, uh, be sure to have the childproof locks. Um, me and my wife, we went through two sets of locks now. Um, the first ones were just the ones that you, uh, you know, they lock, you push down on them and open them. Well, as my son got a little bit older, he figured those out very quickly. <laughs> and now we have the magnetic uh, locks for all the cabinets, which have worked very well until he gets a hold of a magnet and figures that one out. <laughs> so, um, Consider uh, stove knob locks or removing them when the stove is not in use. Um, adding a childproof guard to the front of the stove can prevent reaching um, for items on the stove. And these should be installed in addition to those knob locks. Um, I never knew those knob locks existed again until shopping for uh, kid items and we have those on our stove today because he does like reaching up there and trying to grab them. It's not happening in our house. <laughs> um, bathrooms are another area uh, that can be hazardous to kids. Uh, you would never want to leave a child alone in a bathtub. Always supervise the child while in the tub. And you want to also ensure that any items such as hair dryers and curling irons are not plugged in when not in use. And consider adding a toilet latch to prevent unwanted use of the toilet. That's a good one. That's something I might have to look into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just watching uh, uh, these people that are building a home on the YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And uh, they've got a little girl. She's a toddler. And uh, they were just talking about how 
she's figured out how to open the toilet lid and she has chucked everything in the toilet. Mm. So she's fishing all this stuff out. So, you know. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, these are a lot of good general child-proofing tips that we've talked about. And they're really, really important uh, in the way of steps to protect our children and our home. There is no end to the wealth of information and resources on the Internet these days that just provide so many steps to keep children safe in our home. And I might add that, uh, you know, um, having uh, in the past different types of volunteer work, they put a lot of emphasis on safety. So we've talked about a lot of things to do uh, in the way of safety measures in our home, but just as important is to be safe ourselves when we're doing it. And so how often sometimes we hear about what's called PPE, personal protective equipment. So sometimes we're doing to taking steps to be safe and we're not being safe doing it. And so it's important to recognize sometimes the kind of the safety things. And rather than, you know, the, the mindset is, is that we look at sometimes these things as a burden because they take time and resources. But when you think about what the cost would be if we didn't. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so, you know, this episode, we have provided a lot of information. Again, you may not remember all this stuff. Um, not that you necessarily want to go back and listen to us again. But again, there's a lot of things that are on the website. Um, there's the Home Safety Council, National Safety Council, Council, and Stay Safe. Those are just a few organizations that can really provide a lot of helpful information, a lot of nice graphics, pictures that you can use for your children, safety checklists that can be really helpful because you can't remember all those things. Mm -mm. There's a lot of information that we covered for sure. And uh, I do want to mention, if you're looking for other safety tips, um, you can unfollow us on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we do have a page for the Hubbub podcast, and you can uh, search for the Planning and Code Administration for the city of Hagerstown on those platforms as well. We always put out, um, like right now we're putting out swimming uh, safety tips, um, energy saving tips. Uh, we do a bunch of those throughout the year, so there's always some uh, good information out there. Um, and if you do want to listen to us again, you can uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and uh, Spotify, and most other um, podcast platforms. And while you're there, if you're on uh, Apple Podcasts, give us a rating. Um, that will um, allow us to be discovered by uh, other people. So if you found this episode interesting, give us a rating, share with your friends and family. You know, we'd greatly appreciate it. And uh, now it's time for Sean's favorite part of the episode, the weird news story. All right, so this one, um, the title of it was A Staten Island Man Found a Gold Safe in His Yard. All right, so these homeowners, uh, they had this rusty box um, in their backyard. It was wrapped up in uh, poison ivy, so they never really messed with it too much. Um, it was, you know, tons of overgrowth. Mm -hmm. They originally thought it was an electrical box that was abandoned. And after they are having yard work done, they discovered it was a locked safe. So after using some uh, heavy equipment, they pried it open and discovered that there's $52,000 worth of cash, gold, and jewelry inside. Um, and there was an address on the box. And so they uh, tracked down the um, people at this address, which uh, happened to be close neighbors of theirs. And they asked if they've ever been robbed. And they actually were so uh, back in 2011 there was a um 
uh, serial robber going around the neighborhood. And, uh, you know, these people were robbed and they never found this box. And here it was in the, the backyard of their neighbors this entire time. So it's yeah. kind of crazy. Never know. Uh, it's a good reason to clean up your yard. Uh, <laughs> you never know what you're going to find back there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a really good story and it's super cool of those homeowners uh, to return that box uh, to the other homeowners. <laughs> that is a cool story. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Well, next uh, next month we're going to have an episode that deals with an interesting topic. Mm. Interesting, a very interesting, very interesting. topic. Um, some would say it's up for debate, but it's dealing with the area of hemp and cannabis. Yeah, it's coming to communities. In some cases, it's already in communities. Um, it is in the city of Hagerstown. Yep. Yeah, like you said, it's a little controversial sometimes, a little touchy subject, but it is permitted. And so we want to discuss, um, you know, why it's permitted, you know, how it became permitted and all that. So Yeah, so it should be an interesting topic. Um, just with what little I've learned, there are a lot of interesting dynamics to it. So we're going to talk about that in a lot more detail, you know, why is it permitted, but then some ins and outs of it. So it should be an interesting topic. All right, so we're down to our musical guest for this month. Uh, I really like this group. I, you know, I, I, I'm the kind of per I like music in general, but when it comes to unique music, I kind of focus a little bit. And that's these guys here, the, the Woodshedders. They're kind of an indie roots band. Um, uh, I think it's five members. They've played hundreds of festivals in the area. They're um, kind of all around here and even in the city of Hagerstown. Um, a unique, unique band because, uh, and when I say unique, I mean from the aspect of their instruments. That's what I kind of look at, because um, you know they're kind of a rock indie, but then they also implement instruments such as saxophone and even a, a fiddle. Wow. Not too many bands that have a fiddle in them that are. You don't hear that very much anymore. No, but really, it's a nice sound. So uh, I was just uh, chatting with Dwayne Brook, who's the singer and guitarist. And he was inspired by the Blues Festival okay. at a young age, and he just really, yeah, really got him going. So they do a, a kind of a variety of you know originals. They do covers. They do a lot of improv improvisation, uh, which is impressive um, when you look at that. So pretty pretty interesting. They've got some upcoming events. They're going to be playing at Raging on the River Saturday, June 19th in Albright, West Virginia, and then they're going to be a part of Hagerstown's music scene. Uh, for the fourth Friday lineup on September 24th. So that'll be here uh, before you know it. But to look forward to listening to them play. And of course, you can find them on social media. They do have a website, www.woodshedders.com. They're on YouTube. You can catch their videos. So uh, really good entertainers. I mean, not only do they have good music, but uh, they're, they're very entertaining to, to watch as well. Yeah. All right. So we appreciate you listening to the Hubba Podcast of this month and so now we'll take it out with music from the woodshed.